0: Welcome to Jay's Talk on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Show alley with you for a little while as we break down this 8-7 loss by the Blue Jays as they fall in the first of three at guaranteed rate field at the hands of the White Sox. You can text me at 590-590. Name and location as always to share your thoughts on this ball game. uh, A game in which Jose Barrios looked more like opening day. Jose Barrios and not the guy we've seen in the last what five or six starts. So you can text me on that five ninety five ninety name and location. Uh, I do want to talk about Ray Maltapia as well. We'll also discuss the uh, umpiring slash the strike zone tonight, which honestly wasn't great for either team. I don't I don't think we can say tonight that it was just the Blue Jays that got hosed, despite them coming back. But it was uh, it was a rough night for the Umps and uh, certainly the Kevin Biggio two run home run at the end of the game there with the. Uh, game you know the blue jays trailing a little bit and and it looked like they would make it interesting a little late but uh, joe kelly recovers and he shuts down the blue jays for the 8-7 win but jose Barrios, he just never really seemed comfortable at any point in this ball game i mean the luis robert home run was an absolute bomb Right, I mean that—that that was a no doubter the entire way. It was like Barrios threw him a batting practice meatball. Robert just crushed it. I mean, that is one way uh, to extend a hit streak. That's for sure. But uh, when I gotta say, when Pete Walker—and again, you're listening on the radio—you're not going to see this this visual. But Ben uh, Ben Wagner did talk about this on the broadcast tonight. When Pete Walker walked the pick up the phone in the dugout to call the bullpen, he kind of—I mean, you don't know exactly what he said, but he kind of just went. Uh, well, get someone to warm up, I guess. That's kind of the vibe he gave up. Like a man kind of resigned. Maybe that's the best word. He seemed resigned after Burrios only went four innings. He allowed nine hits, six runs. All of them earned one walk, one strikeouts, three home runs were to uh, Luis Robert, as we mentioned, one to Andrew Vaughn. And, of course, Josh Harrison hitting his first uh, smash as a member of the Chicago White Sox. But... I just I find it interesting, right? I on a night where Barrios gives up multiple bombs, I don't blame someone like Walker for having a resigned look because the thing is, it's not like the guys who were hitting those massive shots we were talking about this in the pregame, right? It's not like they specifically were the ones who have seen a lot of Barrios, right? I mean Andrew Vaughn has been with the White Sox for now this is his second year he was a rookie but last year so he had, but it wasn't like he saw Barrios for years and years prior to 2021 Josh Harrison only joined the White Sox this offseason so really the only guy was Luis Robert and Luis Robert I, I want to say made his debut in 2020 like he hasn't been in the major leagues all that or all that long I find it interesting too I mean you look at some of the underlying statistics for uh, for Jose Barrios after a night like tonight he ended his night With in like this, is all from Statcast, by the way. Right, Statcast, Baseball Savant, they have some great stuff that you can watch as the game unfolds. You can see the heat maps of where the pitcher is throwing these pitches, where the location is. You can actually also see how the umpires are calling balls and strikes for different kinds of pitches, not just a one specific pitch. But Barrios ends the night with by far his lowest fastball usage of the year, 14%. The average is 35%. And he used the sinker 53% of the time when his average is 22%. So something was not working, right? You look at the, the mix of pitches as well. He used the sinker, the curveball, the four-seam fastball, and his changeup, okay? And if you look at the, the map of where all of these pitches are in relation to the strike zone, the curveball was way down and away to the right, the sinker, I mean, they just—the sinker is represented by orange dots. And I'm just looking at this, which is why I paused. There are just sinkers all over the place, and the fastball is just—the the command was so erratic. It just—he was clearly having a hard time getting anything away to right-handed batters, right? And it's, it's odd because there's, for of all the pitches Barrios throws that he does pretty well with, I actually think his. In terms of using the fastball, working away to righties, he generally is, again, I'm not going to say he's been, I, I don't know if consistent is the word I'd I'd use for Brios for basically anything this season, but uh, working away to righties with the fastball specifically, he has been much better. So I, I don't know if it was just a command thing. I don't know if he just couldn't really, he just didn't have much going tonight really at all. But um, again, I just. it also kind of goes back to something we were talking about at the beginning of uh, the, the show tonight at the pregame show about catchers, right? And again, I'm not, I'm not putting this on Gabriel Moreno. I'm not, but kind of the same half conversation we were having yesterday about Yusei say Kikuchi and about how Kikuchi just it's mystifying when he doesn't throw the fastball because his fastball is his thing. Right. And I can't help, but wonder if Danny Jansen, a more veteran player, if Danny Jansen would go out there And, you know, if he gets shaken off by the pitcher, if he'd go out there and say, hey, stop it. I want you to throw the fastball, Kikuchi. I wonder if he would, if having a more veteran catcher out there would, you know, would have him go out there to someone like Barrios tonight when he's struggling. And I know Moreno did do that, so kudos to him for doing that. But I just, I wonder what kind of cachet a veteran catcher has versus a very young Alejandro Kirk and an even younger Gabriel Moreno, right? Again, I'm not laying it at the feet of those two at all. Barrios didn't have it tonight, and it's unfortunate. You're not going to have it every night. But at the same time, It's just that's not what you expect from a guy who was so good last season and even more recently, a guy who was so good over his last five or six starts. Right. I think that's just it's kind of kind of baffling, I guess I'd say. I'm not ready to panic just yet on and I don't don't mean on Barrios, but on the whole starting rotation. But the rotation has not been good lately. Right. And the whole last full turn. This is what Blue Jays fans. This is what we've all gotten from each starter recently. Okay, Barrios went four innings. That was tonight. Yesterday, Kikuchi went four innings. The night before, Manoa went five and a third. And again, that, again, I I feel like generally speaking, that's a decent, a fine to okay, decent start, right? You're not going to use too many superlatives when Manoa goes five and a third and the Blue Jays lose by four runs and they get blanked, but... Manoa, I mean, we talked about this on, I guess that was on Saturday. We talked about this then, right? Like he got squeezed by some pitches and I did complain about the umpiring specifically in the Blue Jays' favor on Saturday. But Alec Manoa going five and a third is not what you expect. Maybe against the Yankees you can, there's a bit of an, uh, you know, you can excuse it a little bit, I suppose, but Still, five and a third is not something you'd expect from your best pitcher and arguably for every team getting one all-star. Arguably, Alec Manoa is that—I don't even actually take it back. It's not arguable. He is the all-star representative for this Blue Jays team. After Manoa, though, Stripling went three and two-thirds. The pitch count got run up a lot for Stripling. And then before him, as Ben spoke about on the broadcast, Kevin Gossman went two and a third against the Orioles. So, like, there are some alarm bells for sure. But what concerns me the most— is these short stints by the starters are taxing heavily this already shorthanded bullpen, right? Trevor Richards is on the IL and he has at best been a net neutral and at worst, a very large negative. He has been ineffective. Let's just say that he's been ineffective this year. He's on the 15 day IL guys that we thought might be better kind of this season. Julian Merriweather has not been what you hoped. And I've talked about him a lot this season. I mean, um, people listen to, to me specifically do these shows You'll hear me reference the circle of trust a lot. Right? I talk about it a lot because the and, and I kind of think there's like an inner circle of trust and an outer circle of trust. Who is really in there this year? Right? I mean Simber I would say is in there. Jimmy Garcia, he's in there. Tim Meza, I think I know he's missed some time because of the injury and then he had a little bit of a blow up spot yesterday when he came in for Garcia. I would personally I still think Tim Meza's in there. Everyone gets a couple, you know, especially relievers, right? You get you get you get some excuses, let's call it. And Romano's in there as well, right? Phelps, I think, has been in there to a degree. I think even with what we got out of Phelps tonight, he's like the next guy. Like if if, it, if it's Simber, Garcia, Meza, and Romano in the inner circle of trust, then maybe Phelps is the only guy in the outer circle of trust. But after that, I mean, who's the next guy, right? Is it, uh, is it Trent Thornton? He's probably the next guy at this point because Trevor Richards is, has been not great and is also on the IL, like we talked about I don't know. It's just the the Jays desperately need not only reinforcements in the pen, uh, but they need their starters to go more than four or five innings. And that's like a, I know it's like an, a captain obvious statement, but I don't know. It, it feels like a lot to ask these days. Don't you think? Like, I mean, the Blue Jays rotation, I guess it's part of baseball too. Like the sport is kind of cyclical, I guess, right? The beginning of the year, the starting pitching was very, very good. The bats were not great. Here we are in in you know mid to late June the bats are being are, are playing performing much better and the starting pitching is being a little more inconsistent there will be a time between now and the first week of October in which both things are clicking at once and it'll feel I bet like this is a distant conversation here on June 20th here on the East Coast but I uh, yeah, at the same time it, it is a little disheartening when you get Barrios for four, Kukuchi for four, Stripling for less than four, and Gosman for less than three, right? So, And that's the other thing, right? I mean, starters in baseball, in the sport, not just for the the Blue Jays, right? But starters, generally speaking, are not being asked to go deep into ballgames as they used to. But the other half of that is because bullpens can be deployed pretty liberally. Even if the Blue Jays bullpen was better, they just, I don't know, they just don't get a lot of swing and miss stuff. And we've discussed that. It feels like ad nauseum, but At the same time, I mean, it's just it wasn't an encouraging start from Barrios today, despite what we've seen from him over the past month. Uh, But at the same time, I think you can maybe chalk it up to a team that has seen him a little bit. But again, like I mentioned, Vaughn and Harrison being the guys to hit two of those three home runs, it's, you know they have exactly they have a lot of history as i mean like, compared to like a jose abreu or something like that when it comes to uh burrios's uh, history within the al central um you're listening to blue jays baseball and jay stock served up by the always game ready jack links meat snacks feature wild Side baseball fans um, i'm gonna be here a lot this week i'm in for blair and barker monday tuesday friday and saturday and blake murphy will have jay stock after the day finale of, of this series on wednesday afternoon but uh, don't worry. Blair and Barker are just getting some time off. Some much-deserved time off for uh, old B&B. They'll be back, I believe, on Sunday for the series finale against the Milwaukee Brewers. But, uh, again, feel free to text me at 590-590, name and location. I see some texts here. from I see one from Andy in and Kitchener, Ray from Aurora, who's a frequent texter. I see one here um, from uh, some some texters in Calgary. I believe that's a Calgary area code. We'll get to all the texts Uh, On the other side of the break, we'll also get to the uh, Bet365 standings update. And I still want to talk about Raymond Tapia because Tapia, I thought, was very impressive tonight. And there's some statistics about him that I think might surprise you. So we'll get to all of that after the break. You're listening to Jay's Talk. Show Alley with you on the Sportsnet Radio Network. Welcome back to Jay's Talk. On the Sportsnet Radio Network, Show Alley with you as the Blue Jays fall in the first of three at Guaranteed Rate Field via final score of eight to seven. Blue Jays fall to 38 and 29 on the season, and the White Sox improve to 32 and 33. So they are just a game. Under 500, I was going to say over, but (laughs) never do math live on the air. They are a game under 500, and they will look to get back to 500 tomorrow as uh, Dylan Cease will head to the mound for the Chicago White Sox. For the Blue Jays, Kevin Gossman, who last time out went two and a third. So we'll have to see how uh, the Blue Jays' starting rotation can uh, hopefully bounce back. For the remainder of this series and they have another tough another tough series coming up against the milwaukee brewers as they head to uh, wisconsin for that one so we'll keep an eye on how the uh, starting rotation shakes out before we get to the text line and i see a call here on the phone lines as well let's get to the bet 365 standings update with bet 365 you can bet on things like player props totals or the money line across many different sports 19 plus play responsibly ontario only so a number of games are in the books tonight actually i believe Every team, no the Orioles didn 't play tonight now that I look at the uh, the games that went on, but every other team did play in the a l East The Yankees got to their fiftieth win of the season. They are fifty and seventeen Toronto with the loss like i mentioned thirty eight and twenty nine the Boston Red Sox are thirty seven and thirty one after beating the Detroit Tigers five two earlier tonight. the Tampa Bay Rays, they were on the losing end of that game against the Yankees, they lost four to two. And uh, that was quite the game. The, uh, Gary Cole had a no-hitter heading into the eighth inning. Paredes breaks it up. Clay Holmes comes in, gets beat up. And then in the top of the ninth, the Yankees just decide to, decide to score two runs and win anyways. So I guess uh, the Yankees uh, can do no wrong right now as they get their 50th win. Tampa falls to 36-31. and 31. And the Baltimore Orioles, who were, I guess, stationary tonight, they are 30-38. Uh, and 38. Uh, Boston, if you're curious, is a game and a half back of toronto right now and uh the tampa bay rays are two games back of toronto as well but that's the bet 365 standings update let's get to the phone lines 416 870 666 590 star 590 on your cellular device bob is calling in from bowmanville bob welcome to jay stock man how are you good how are you how's it going this evening
1: not bad. Um, kind of where do I begin here? Um, so, full disclosure, I was telling your producer I'm a Yankees fan, but I'm not going to go there because it would be way, way too easy. Yes, um, it be. <laughs> uh, Certainly the way they played against the Jays this year, which has been quite good, I think. Um, and you just took a little bit of thunder away. I mean, you know, Cole, no hitter today. Or, pardon me, no hitter into the eighth. And, you know, I watched the game and, you know, he was – I mean, he struck out six in a row at one point, 12 and 12. It was just – Kind of ridiculous. He was scheduled to go yesterday. Was the original schedule? Um, here's the thing. I heard you say one thing on yesterday's post game, and I got to ask you a question. You had said at one point you were talking about the Yankees, and you said, "Well, I think the Yankees will be." I thought the Yankees would be fine this year. Fine. You thought they would be fine. What were your expectations of the Jays if you thought the Yankees would be fine?
0: Oh, I, I I am not going to lie to you, Bob. I absolutely thought the the Blue Jays would be the best team in the ALE, so I'll eat, eat the crow on that one.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean this starting and I I got on with uh, Russick and Gunning Saturday morning, and I said to them, if Manoa lost Saturday, the Blue Jay fans would lose their collective minds. Well, okay, it was four nothing, and I believe all runs were you know earned runs against him or whatever. So it wasn't like a beatdown or anything like that. But a loss is a loss. And by the way, Holmes did not get beat up tonight he gave up two runs
0: I mean but that's getting beat for him that's getting beat up
1: considering what he's done this year that's what I mean yeah kind of you know it doesn't look great but you know two runs is not not too bad but this starting staff for the chase and I appreciate they'll probably add this year in the next what six weeks or so here outside of Manoa I said this to uh, Russick and Gunning on Saturday morning, and they kind of, you know, they put, they both pushed back on me, which was no surprise. I said, you know, the next three starters have some inc- inconsistencies to them: Gosman, Barrios, and Kikuchi, and I think it's kind of been proven here as of late. You know, like Barrios was outstanding his last start tonight; he was just not very good, and you got Stripling as your number five. I mean, this starting staff is just not very good as 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 a whole. As a whole, and if Blue Jay fans are kind of pinning their hopes on this staff, granted they'll probably add in six weeks. I figure, you know, like I said, it's not very good. I mean, it's just it's not very good, and right now they're only about what eight games above five hundred, give or take. I might be off by one or so there. Um, I, I don't know, you know. And then you know, I listen to other shows during the day if I can, and I just hear, you know, oh, they'll be fine, and. You know, and Yankees will probably get injured and all this stuff. And I'm like, it's just very strange to listen to sometimes. they, they This team is – I think they're just kind of fine, in all honesty.
0: Bob, appreciate the call, man. I, I, I kind of – I don't honestly disagree with much that you said. Um, we only have a couple minutes left here on Jay's Talk, so it's the only reason I'm, I'm cutting you off here. But, um, yeah, I just – you look at you look at the starting rotation. They've been fine, you know. They, I again, I, I'm not going to say that they're bad by any means, but have they been very consistent? Consistency, I, I feel, like is the word that has been lacking from a lot of the Blue Jays. I don't want to say analytics by any means, but from the from the Blue Jays perspective, you you would have thought, and I certainly would have thought, that this team would have been more consistent at this point in the season because. Brios gets the massive extension in the offseason. Kevin Gossman was highly regarded coming over from San Francisco. I think everyone expected some kind of step forward from Alec Manoa. People hoped Hyunjin Ryu would be healthier. And Kikuchi, I guess, was a bit of an unknown because he was the new signing. I, I know Gossman was too, but it was, you know, two kind of apples and oranges when comparing these two signings. But yeah, consistency is something they've lacked. And I mean, Bob is a, is a Yankees fan. Consistency is not something the Yankees have lacked. Even forget the rest of the team. The starting rotation All five starters in the rotation have been arguably pretty consistent. I mean, I guess, you know, it's funny. I think Garrett Cole might have been the least consistent guy. And then he comes out tonight and throws seven and a third and takes a no-hitter into the eighth inning. I mean, that's just wild. Anyways, thanks for the call, Bob. I I do appreciate it. Um, I do agree, though. I I absolutely said that uh, the Yankees, I thought, would be fine. But, um, hey. I was wrong on that one. I've I've been wrong before, and I'll be wrong again. But the Yankees are uh, definitely uh, much better than, quote-unquote, fine. Let's go to that text line, 590-590. I see here, uh, Ray from Aurora getting to this umpires thing. Um, Hey, show, MLB umpires are ruining the best sports game on. Why not use the best umpire who can call balls and strikes instead of rotating them every night? There are very few umpires who are good at calling balls and strikes um, pitiful when you think about it cheers ray ray appreciate the text man um you know what I, again i'm not saying this is the reason the blue jays lost tonight but the umpires were bad right the umpires were bad for both teams i mean the strike zone was atrocious it hosed both teams tapia bichette vladimir guerrero jr they all got squeezed but on the other side even lance lynn got hosed a number of times tonight there was a there was a call i think right before he got pulled on the teoscar rbi double he advanced a third i guess it was on the throw I guess that made it. I think that made it eight to four, right around the middle of this ball game. And the, the strike that let Bichette get to second base, it was a it was a cutter right down the middle, essentially. And it, it could not have been more of a strike, essentially, is what I'm saying. And it was called the ball, and Lance Lynn looked like he was going to lose his mind. And I don't blame him because that was awful. It, the strike zone was moving all night tonight. It was not great. Also, that call at the beginning of the game with Bo Bichette and. Umpires making the home plate umpires, I should say, making the calls on half swings from behind the plate. Like at least ask the first or third base coach if the guy swung. The replay clearly showed Bachet did. What's the point of ever making that call yourself, right? It should honestly it should be an automatic rule that the base umpires, the guys making those decisions, not the home plate umpire. I just find it odd, right? It's not the re- again, not the reason they lost. It just it's just an odd thing that you see in baseball, and you just think I kind of agree with Ray. You just think that for a sport as historic as this, they'd be a little less reticent to change. I don't know. Uh, before we go, quickly, um, Ray Tapia has 11 extra base hits now with that home run tonight in his last 19 games. Coming into tonight, he had a 340 batting average and an OPS of .918. I'm sure that only went up after a two-run bomb. Um, this is something that actually impressed me in the pregame show. Alex Fast from Pitcher List brought up to me th- this list from Fangraphs. Um, a list of guys who improved their barrel rate from last season to this season. Right As you might imagine, it's littered with names like Giancarlo Stanton is third, uh, Aaron Judge is fifth. Mitch Haniger out in Seattle is seventh, and David Peralta is uh, is eighth. He's a pretty hot trade target. You know who is tenth on this list of improved barrel rate from last season to this season? Raymond Tapia. He is ahead of guys like Gleber Torres, Ryan Mountcastle, Anthony Rizzo, Christian Vasquez, DJ LeMahieu, Trevor Story, and Kyle Schwarber, just to name a few. Right? I mean, the Yankees changed their hitting coach in between seasons, but uh, and the Blue Jays did not. And we've had the conversation on Jays Talk and on the pregame. Shows and all over the stations here on the Sportsnet Radio Network that maybe they should change the hitting coach. Maybe that's the case. I mean, we've seen the offense heat up a little bit, but man, Raymond Tapia has been very, very good this season. I guess he heard everyone uh, complaining that he was in the five hole today. Because I actually thought, again, Raymond Tapia, I complained about it, too. I got to say, kind of raised the old eyebrow at the beginning of the, when I saw the lineup come out pregame. But uh, Raymond Tapia with a two-run bomb. And uh, Kevin Biggio getting one up into the air as well. He had the two-run bomb and the top of the ninth inning. But uh, again, Cap- the Blue Jays. Fall short in this one, eight to seven is the final score. Um, that does do it for Jays talk tonight. Appreciate the texts and the call from Bob as always. Thanks for listening to Blue Jays baseball served up by the always game ready Jack Links Meat Snacks. Feed your wild side, baseball fans. Uh, Jays fall eight to seven to the White Sox in Chicago, but they are sticking around on the south side for two more uh, tomorrow. Kevin Gossman heads to the mound for Toronto. Dylan Cease chi town i'm back for more Jay's talk for games two of this series blake murphy has it for game three we'll talk to you then